2: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker, folks. On today's episode, I get into a in-depth conversation with my friend Dr. Christina Greer, who is the associate professor of political science at Fordham University, and you know. I always love my conversations with Christina over the years. If you've been listening to Woke F for, for quite some time, or if you've listened to my other podcast, Democracy Ish, you've definitely heard Dr. Greer, and I adore my conversations with her so much because she is working to inspire, teach, and uplift the next generation of political scientists, the next generation of you know young people who are. God willing, going to be global citizens, going to be active participants in our democracy. (laughs) And I laugh, I laugh because you will hear in the conversation with Christina about whether or not she thinks that we are going to have a democracy, whether or not it matters what happens during midterm elections, if in fact, the backsliding has been so detrimental that she doesn't see a path forward. I asked, a series of questions because, you know, you guys know me while I joke a lot of the times and say that I am always holding on to that mustard seed of hope. There is no one I truly believe that is more hopeful than me because otherwise, why the fuck would I wake up every day and turn on a microphone and turn on my computer and turn on my phone and try and wake as many people up as possible, whether it's one or 100 You know, I believe that my responsibility on this planet is to wake people up to their power and to make them conscious of the ways in which our society, systemic powers that be work to take advantage of people, right? That work to take advantage of whether it is people's ignorance, whether it is, you know, people's lack of time because they work multiple jobs to be able to just afford the bare minimum, right? Which is shelter, clothing, and food. There are systems at play that are not put in place to uplift the most marginalized. As a matter of fact, it is to make sure that they stay that way and to make sure that people are in such a desperate situation that they'll take whatever shit job is put in front of them. And then, of course, we create laws that allow for those people that run those businesses to not provide health care, to not provide safe working conditions. And people have to show up. Why? Because they're desperate right? And we've squeezed them of their power, of their will. And all they can do is keep their head above water. And so I feel in the position of privilege that I have to be able to digest and analyze all that is going on and deliver it to people in a digestible way so that People are reminded that they do have power, that they do have a voice, and that when we link up with like-minded people, and I don't mean like-minded as in they love the same way, they look the same way, they pray the same way, or so on and so forth. I mean like-minded in the idea of equity, right? In the idea of understanding what justice means, right? And that it shouldn't be a designation of your level of melanin. That we have a shared understanding that everyone, everyone in this country, everyone, frankly, on this planet should be able to live free from violence, to live free from fear of oppression and subjugation and sexual violence and, you know, and racism and all of these things. And so when I say like minded, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who believe that they are citizens on this planet, right? That we are, you know, all human. And, you know, I know that for some people in saying that, that, you know, it it can sound, you know, Pollyanna ish, but it isn't right. Like the whole purpose of the language that Republicans and fascist regimes and authoritarians and dictators use is about dehumanization because when you detach people from their humanity, then you can mistreat them. And any which way that you want, because they're not like you. They're animals, right? They belong in cages. They warrant death, right? When you dehumanize people and you devalue them, then you can treat them any type of way. So I believe that my work here on this planet is to wake as many people up to their power, to their purpose, and to their path as possible. And I think that if there is one of you that is out there that is listening, that says, oh, now I get it, right? And an alarm bell, a light, a lightning bolt hits, a, you know, light bulb flashes then it is your responsibility to then wake up the next person and so on and so forth until we are all conscious, right? Because we can't fight this war asleep. And that is what they are hoping is that we will remain in a slumber, that we will think that things will just be okay and that we don't need to take any action. Therefore, right? But we do. And so in this conversation with my good, good friend, Dr. Christina Greer, we dig into the ways in which we need to keep hope that we need to educate and that we need more importantly than ever in this midterm election to vote. That conversation is coming up next. It's no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Bituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Bituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Bituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. Folks, you know, I am always so excited when I get to welcome back uh, to Woke F Daily uh, my friend uh, and and colleague in the in the Twitter sphere and world of politics, Dr. Christina Greer, who you know is an associate professor at Fordham University. She is also the author of Black Ethnics, um, co-host of FAQ NYC and host of the blackest questions um at the griot black pods dr greer good 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 the good doctor diagnose <laughs> us right now in this fuckery diagnose <laughs> america right now in where we are because if 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 i'm a doctor i'm saying we got to pull the plug cuz the surgery don't look like it's worked um so what is your
0: Right. Good right. assessment. What's my, so we should have had my sister on this episode because she's the real doctor. Right? right. She always teases me. She's like, you know, what happens if there's an emergency? You're going to read somebody a book? <laughs> <She's> all, <laughs> oh, damn. She's my best friend, but she's she's a harsh one. Um, so here's what I would say if I'm diagnosing America. We have, we've got a disease to the bones, right? Mm. And the question is, do we amputate? Do we not do anything? What is the medicine? And the good thing is, you know, sometimes miracles do happen. I'm not saying that we have one. But, you know, I'm always cautiously optimistic and I'm pragmatic in my optimism. I do think that there are some people who are waking up. Mm-hmm. Those like sleeper cells that are the good kind mm-hmm. that are slowly mm-hmm. waking up. Do I think that white men and white women who are completely supporting Herschel Walker and his nonsense, and Ron Johnson, Wisconsin, and his nonsense, and Doctor Oz and his nonsense. Do I really think that those people who were oath keepers and January 6th sympathizers and apologists are they going to wake up? No, we're we're moving on without them. But there are some people who, you know, kept telling themselves like, oh, it was about the tax breaks and the rhetoric's not that bad, and they're slowly seeing, just as every sort of civil rights icon and leader has always told us: Malcolm X, Audrey Lord, Frederick Douglass, the Journal of Truth. Like one day it will be you. Come on. That they come for. And so I think some white women are waking up and realizing that, you know, this Dobbs decision is going to affect them and their families. Not just if they have daughters, if they have sons. Come you on. Know, let's not pretend that only Democrats are having sex, because Republicans do love some some unprotected and premarital sex as well. So stop putting it all on the Democrats. Stop putting it all on women of color. Um So I do think that Republicans have a great chance of overplaying their hands in the sense that you've got Republicans constantly voting against hurricane relief and refusing to work with the federal government. Are you going to turn down Joe Biden's assistance in this moment of need? Some of them are crazy enough and ideological Mm -hmm. enough to be like, yeah, we will. So, you know, you and I have both been on TV with John to the Metzel and he has Mm -hmm. a great book, Dying of Whiteness. He comes on the show every week. This is is our good in-house doctor. (laughs) Yeah, this is where we are. It's like, we're literally seeing white people, they would rather die. Yep. Literally. Yep. Then offer assistance to someone, to lend a hand to someone, to lend a hand to themselves, which is wild. Um, So when I'm optimistic, though, I think that there are a lot of people who are like, listen, this this direction is just too much. We can't have swastikas and Confederate flags as as okay symbols. We can't take away a woman's right to choose because it's not about pro-life because these are the same people who believe in the death penalty. Come on. These are the same people who will starve children just yep. because their parents are, are migrants or mm-hmm. undocumented or homeless, right? So we can't, we, Democrats have to be better at the rhetoric too. You know, I refuse to say the phrase pro life. There's no such thing as pro life, not with these people. It's choice mm-hmm. and anti choice. Are you literally saying that a grown ass woman cannot have autonomy over her body? That is what you're saying. That's what you're voting for to say that a, a woman of sound mind cannot have autonomy over her own body, even if she's raped or incest. To say mm-hmm. nothing of maybe I have a full time job and I just don't want to have a baby right mm-hmm. now for whatever reason. It's my business, it's my choice. So I'm hoping. That the Democrats can organize themselves and organize a message and stop leaning into Republican talking points as a weak defense and really articulate a vision to say, like, pay attention, people. Stop. Like, if it sounds crazy, it's because it's crazy. Right. Your gas is down. Your job prospects are better than they have been. You know, you look at the the governors that didn't take COVID seriously. Those people are dead or have long COVID and will be on the doles for a really, really long time. Like, let's have some real conversations about what the two parties are doing. Neither are perfect. We get it, but like, they are definitely. This is not a oh, both are, you know, both sides are a mess. That is absolutely not true. That's a lazy argument, and I think Democrats need to walk voters through why that absolutely isn't true and why they're literally trying to keep this this country alive and keep the people in it alive as well.
2: So, you know, me as being the person who doesn't, min- who doesn't mince words <laughs> and comes in hot. And I think I need to come in hot all the time because I feel like most motherfuckers are asleep. And, you know, I I, I say that because I still am uncertain whether a majority of white women who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020 have woken up to the reality that they're no longer free, right? Mm -hmm. And they have always predicated their decision-making on that of their proximity to their white fathers and their white husbands. And so I am not convinced, right, that enough white women are shook in a way that still requires the Democratic Party to try and pander to folks that have never voted Democrat. I mean, not in the last at least 50 years. Right. So my, my, my question to you is, you know, as I continue to yell from the rooftops that I do believe, Christina, that this is our last midterm elections. I believe that if we, uh, the people, if we, the people, do not pull off this midterm elections for Democrats. I believe that this is it. I don't care what happens in 2024 because Congress, um, maybe not the Senate, but the, 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 the erosion, right. And the coup will continue and now have even more legs because there'll be more Republican members who are election deniers in the house of representatives than not. And so I I am wondering, do people get it? Like, and, you know, like, do they understand? Because, look, I'm looking, I, I like to consider myself a global citizen and I'm looking around the world and I see a new aligning, a new world order coming into play that should be foreshadowing, that should be alarm, you know, raising and yet the media doesn't talk about it in that way. And so do you think that the people are getting it and particularly the students that you engage with every single day at Fordham, you know, what, where are their minds at as young people right now? Where what, what are they thinking about this, this, this make or break moment for our democracy?
0: Yeah. So you've given me a lot. Let me just I'll start from your last question and work my way back. So I have, you know, an incomplete sample because I have students who are interested in politics. So I don't know what some of the, the non-politics students are interested in. The reason though, why I do teach intro to politics every semester, even though I'm a associate associate chair and like a senior faculty member where it's very rare that someone of my stature, if you would say, would teach an intro class. That's kind of beneath a lot of older professors, if you will. I think, it's the most important class. It's the introductory class. So instead of having adjuncts or, you know, folks that, that don't have a, the same foundation, instead of having them teach it, I want to teach it because it's like, that's how I steal all the smart kids from other majors too and get them interested in politics and take it really seriously. The students I have now are really frustrated. You know, I'm throwing a lot at them because it's, don't forget, I have to explain to them what this country was from mm-hmm. the beginning times. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How we used to do things, Mm -hmm. then the Trump era, Mm. and now where we are at the fallout and kind of the precipice. So my historical foundation is like multifold now. So I've got to cut through a lot of information- <laughs> it was sort of like before times, then it's kind of like 1952 <laughs> to the present, but now it's like 1952 to 2016. Correct. Then it's 2016 to 2020, and then it's like 2020 to the to the present, and then it's like okay, so where do you all see yourselves? You know, I really try and have them imagine. You know, some of these questions. I'm like, you will be called on. To answer these questions, either because you're an elected or you work for an elected, I'm also always having them think about different jobs. So not everybody wants to be an elected official. I don't, you know, people ask us this all the time, right? Because we're on TV. I don't want to be an elected official. But you neither know, neither do I. I was like, if you're artsy, you know, you can design posters and fonts, like all that stuff. You know, if you want to go to law, like election law is real, preventing people from going to prison with campaign finance violations. Like there are a lot of different things I can do. Now, to your question, where are my students? They are very frustrated that it seems as though on a weekly basis, we can find billions of dollars for other countries and we can't seem to find it for the student debt. That is a question because they're they're first or second years, but they're already looking down the barrel of thousands of dollars, as are their parents. And mind you, know, this is Gen Z. So they're like, we know we ain't got stuff. Our Parents barely have anything like the good old days are, are done. And yep. they know if they want to go to graduate school, it's going to be even more debt. So they know the debt that they're already in and the debt that they're going to accumulate. They are, thir- and, they're- and it's not like they're cold-hearted snakes. Like, they're just like, we stand with the people of Ukraine, right? We stand with Afghanistan. We stand with, um, you know, Pakistan, whatever the crisis may be in the news. But when we talk about Ukraine, what's really fascinating is they always preface it. It's like, we stand with Ukraine. I'm not saying that I don't, but it was $30 billion this week, $8 yep. last week we got another $25 billion. So it's just like, where's this money coming from? And how can we can find it so quickly? And where's my money? And then knowing, you know, we talk about paying taxes and the importance of paying taxes and how they probably won't have Social Security and all these things. So there's, there's that piece where we're sort of seeing ourselves as global citizens, but also what does it mean to be a domestic citizen? Because some of them are like, well, I have relatives in Florida and it doesn't look like they're going to get relief anytime soon. Or I have relatives in Puerto Rico. They're still reeling from Hurricane Maria.
2: Oh, and by and the way, Biden just gave them $60 million M to and Puerto not Rico, be. not B. Gave $3 billion last week to Ukraine, right? $60 million M to Puerto Rico.
0: Because, I mean, like, realistically, like, come on. In if you've seen the damage in her in, in Puerto Rico and we know that they're still reeling from Maria, $60 million is like me What's saying- What's that going to do? Danielle, sorry, your house is flooded. I got 20 on it, 20 US dollars. <laughs> 20, Right. I mean, correct. like that's the equivalent of it. Yes. It's
2: like, girl, I gave you $20, like,
0: like so your house you, is flooded. Yeah, like, <laughs> and don't you still have those paper towels from Trump? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and, and which also lends to really interesting conversations about like Puerto Rican statehood and DC statehood and what that would mean to have Whole bunch of black and Latino people, probably in the Democratic Party, and why it is that we're not going to have 104 senators, and then we'd have to redistribute the 435 across these two new states. I mean, so having them see politics in real time and how it really works is really important for me because this isn't a theory. You know, yes. we can read on the page all the time. Oh, well, why isn't Puerto Rico a state? It's like, well, right now we know they're in crisis. So the US would actually be responsible right? And would really need to take care of Puerto Rico as opposed to this $60 million insult. So backing into it, uh, to other parts of your question, you, no, I don't think white women are going to have a great moment of agnorisis, Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I've been upholding patriarchy and I'm also a victim. Like, no, I don't think that that'll happen. But I do have faith that there's going to be a small percentage that have a little bit of movement and wiggle room. And I do think that quietly some Republican women, not enough to, you know, change The tide, but I do think some of them might quietly vote or abstain from certain races and certain individuals just because I do think that in certain places, these people are really overplaying their hands. You know, the primary, think about it this way we've got those six states that have those election deniers that are at the top of the ticket. Yep. But who votes in a primary except for like your diehards? And so there are a lot of kind of middle of the road, quasi middle of the road. I mean, listen, if you're still a Republican, you're in for a penny and for a pound. Like you were saying the misogyny and the racism and the anti-immigrant sentiments and anti-Muslim, anti-Jewish, anti-Black, anti-anti-anti. You're basically saying that's okay. But for whatever tax break reason, you say, I'm a Republican still. Sure. Whatever helps you sleep at night. But I do think that some of those people who didn't necessarily participate in a primary are going to come into a general and be like, this person seems a little crazy. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's going to work in all six states, but I do think that there's enough wiggle room. And I think that there are going to be some Democrats, hopefully, who are galvanized to be like, yo, this could be our last free and fair election if Mm -hmm. I don't step up. But that also goes to the larger Democratic Party, where it's like, you have to give people a reason to come out and vote. The cost of voting, time, money, you know some people have to drive they have to pay for gas they got to get a sitter whatever so my question is this Jamie Harrison where are you and what are you doing sir wake up because i would think that i would see you on the news every day walking me through this 50 state strategy i would think that i would see you articulating this vision about what are we all supposed to be doing i live in new york we're pretty we're pretty good to go i mean i'm not going to take it for granted Kathy Hochul is is facing a, a trumpist Lee Zeldin, who you know is an election denier. Like he is crazy. New York has our own wing of yeah, you know. it's called it's
2: called upstate and Long Island, <laughs> right,
0: right. and low key half of Brooklyn, most of Staten Island, a significant portion of Queens, a quiet section of Manhattan, and a sprinkling in the Bronx. Like let's all be clear, there there are a lot of people who were into this this Trump January sixth quasi fascist. Fascist Lee Zeldin train. So I'm not going to take that for granted, but we're not Pennsylvania. We're not Wisconsin right now. We're not Florida. Uh, we're not Arizona. Jamie Harrison, why aren't you telling me what my marching orders are?
2: Because he
0: don't know. Besides, okay, fine, give some money if I know who the races are, but like, what are our marching orders? Should I be making phone calls? Like, what should we be doing? Who are the surrogates? What's the message? What's the mobilization? What's the motivation? Because some people don't understand when you and I say, this could be our last real election. These people get a hold of it. They already said they're going to impeach Biden. For what? I don't know. I'm going to impeach him just because you impeach my president twice when Trump and his egregious nonsense, but they just said they're going to start impeaching everybody. So Kamala Harris, Biden, you name it. They'll impeach members of the Supreme Court, Katanya Brown, Jackson, who cares? So we know that that's what they're going to do. We know the time is of the essence, and we know that we can barely get stuff with unified government. That's the House, Senate, and President all being of the same party. So if we have divided government, which means even one of them of the different party, so if the Republicans get even the Senate or the House, nothing will get done. Hardly anything got done anyway because of Manchin and Cinema. So we know that if Democrats don't gain seats, if they lose anything, it's a complete and total gridlock slash deadlock. So Jamie Harrison, Joe Biden, what are we to do? tell us. Because right now we have all these diffuse strategies, but no central messaging. And I think that's also part of the frustration of a lot of Democrats where it's like, this is a mess. We could win it and we could be mobilizing, you know, like there are parts of what's going on in Florida where you could be linking this to the fascist governments that many of these Latinos have fled and tying that directly around DeSantis's neck. You could, make some real clear, crisp connections. It's like, you left this country. But Christina, this is,
2: this is is what they will say. Now is not the time. Let's not, let's not politicize this, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can make so many links to the fact that here comes Ron DeSantis out of Florida, hat in hand, wanting to collect his welfare for his state, for, um, federal relief for this hurricane. Meanwhile, when he was in Congress voted against hurricane relief funding for Sandy, and then also used leftover COVID relief funds to pull a political, uh, a cruel political stunt in order to get his name across Fox News. And so Mm -hmm. here's the thing. I said, you know, let me be the petty president of the United States and go tell DeSantis, why don't you go collect that $12 million that -hmm. you were using on charter planes to go drop off migrants in Martha's Vineyard and go see if that works for you. At the end of the day, the problem that I believe that Democrats have is the fact that they are not petty enough, that they are not angry enough, because there is no better time than the time, than the moment of a disaster storm that all of a sudden these people who want to be anti-federal government, anti-Biden, all of a sudden standing in front of their blown off roof house talking about, oh my God, can somebody come help me? Help yourself. Do what but, it, I want to say. What I want to say to you, what you have said to Black and Brown people since the beginning of time with your votes is go help
0: yourself. Right? You see, here's the here's the thing that Democrats still don't understand. It's like you'll give the money because you know they're like we're all Americans. It's a time of crisis, but then they also won't do say what Trump did. Trump was like, I'll give you the stimulus check, but I'm gonna put my name on it, sir. Not only is that ridiculous and illegal, but he's like, but I want everybody to know I gave it to you. So it's right. like. Biden's not going to make, you know, because even Obama, you remember with um, Chris Christie, it's like, you want this money, you're going to go on a tour with me. Yep. Two of us are going to be in our little fleece vests and lands in jackets and we're going to be walking around New Jersey. So everyone knows that I gave you this money. It's like, Biden, make DeSantis show up with you with his tin can. Yeah. Make him right? spend and some he- time with you.
2: Right. And then if all of a sudden he wants to sing a different tune, right, then you pull the, fu- like pull the money, act like you have the power that the people actually gave you and start to, and start to describe and point out who the villain is. Like you don't get to have DeSantis come in and take federal money and then go on Fox news and turn around and want to, and, and want to demonize Democrats and the Biden administration. Right. And, and lie you that, that he didn't say, take the
0: money. I mean, like, and you know that, that he will say he didn't take the money. So he just miraculously got money. But I think that's the thing. It's, you know, and I don't even call it being petty. I think it's Democrats don't know how to play, like, street ball. Mm-hmm. They're just sitting here with, like, well, you know, it's the right thing to do. And it's like, yeah, you can also do the right thing, but put some bass in your voice. And be like, come on, you want this money? Tap dance a little bit. Because I'm still going to give it to you. Because we're all American people and people are in crisis. So, like, let's not play politics and partisanship right now, but like, let's be abundantly clear. You will go in front of the citizens of the state of Florida and you will tell them that you are standing here in front of them with this check only because of my largesse, only because I gave you this money. Like you all are living because the federal government came in and saved you in your time of need again, because guess what? You all don't believe in climate change. You better talk about climate change if I give you this money. Because we can't keep doling out this kind of money every season for hurricanes, which but we is going do. to I happen,
2: mean, let, which, like is, every, which is happening,
0: ev- which is happening
2: because every season is another once in a century storm. Oh my God. Every God goddamn year is a times? once in a century tornado, once in a century fire, once in a century hurricane. And I'm like, So how many once in a century things need to happen in five years for you to realize that it ain't once in a century? And also, again, being able to connect the dots for the people and talk about COVID and talk about these viruses. Do you think that this is going to be the last time that we have a global health pandemic? No, it is not. Why? Because we have glaciers that are melting in the Arctic that have bacteria that's been trapped inside of them for a billion years. Fucking National Geographic comes out and says,
0: they're melting now. We don't know what's going to happen. No Fingers idea. crossed. Hey, listen, I love the fact, the way it was articulated to me was, these glaciers are the world's air conditioner. And once they're gone, we don't have AC. And I was like, that's a real clear way to explain to people. Because listen, I grew up in a big old house in Philly that was designed in a way where you could open up the big old windows and put a fan in it and you were fine. But then again, I was also a kid. we didn't have AC. So I was fine with no AC. Now that I'm an adult and I live in an apartment building and I recognize that, you know, I'm like, oh, fans are fine. And people come over and like, hey girl, I can't come to your house because unless you get, I got AC just so I could actually have people come over. If you don't have AC as a globe, we're done. Because that means we also don't have fans either because hot air is hot air. Like, you know, those days in July where it's like, it doesn't matter that you have 10 fans. All it's doing is move around hot, hot air. And, and so. Yeah.
2: And I'm like, and when it's over 100 degrees outside. Right. For straight days and weeks, having it, AC is not a nice to have. It is an actual need to have for
0: survival. Right. Well, I mean, we're also seeing it, just as you said, once in a, you know, once in a generation storm. It's like, well, I don't understand how these cities are having, you know, triple digit days, multiple days in a row. It's like, we haven't seen that ever. And it's like, well, guess what? Sadly, this is the new normal because we've got half of a country that doesn't believe in climate change. Like, I don't understand how you can live in the path of a tornado or the path of a hurricane or have these extreme winters and extreme summers and still not believe. But that's the thing. I mean, I think, Mm, you know, so mm, many mm. of these racists in this country are so intent on owning the libs and making sure, you know, colored people don't get anything. They're literally driving themselves and us, but driving themselves also off a cliff. And I think they're fine. I mean, that goes to the whole Trump thing. Trump will burn down this country with himself in it. Family and friends too. He yep. doesn't care. No. As long as, you know, he gets to say that he's right. And as long as he gets to say that he's the one who, who drove the the train off the tracks. I think that that's fine with him. Last question for you and real
2: talk, Right. Because we're only a couple of weeks away from this midterm election. Everybody, including myself and you and so many others are saying, vote, 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 organize, get people to the polls. We need to vote. We need to vote. Dr. Christina Greer of political science. Are we too late? Is our democracy irreparable at this point? Is no. there a way for us to claw back
0: yes. from where we are? Yes, absolutely. Um, I have infer- inherent faith in this country just because we have evolved a lot as a nation, right? I mean, we're not enslaved to being raped right now. So like, hey, that is some evolution. And that was not too long ago that our our country had a really, I mean, that's the problem. Our Our history of this nation has been sort of whitewashed and glossed over. And it's like, oh, it's like, no, no, this is a brutal bloodthirsty nation that is built on free labor from enslaved U.S. chattel slavery, genocide of native peoples, rape, you know, just some of the most horrific conditions you could imagine. That's who we are. And we've moved relatively far from, from that brutal, brutal history like 50 to 75 years, right? I mean, like, let's be clear, my grandparents and your grandparents were alive when lynchings were like, du jour. Um, And, you know, our parents may or may not have gone to segregated schools, depending on where they lived in the United States. So now we have a different type of segregation, but you see what I'm saying. It's it's Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm, um, sanctioned mm -hmm. in the same way. But I do have faith in this country. I do have faith in a lot of people to step up because, you know, what helps when you start talking to like these grassroots organizers who've been doing the work for a really long time, like they actually have like a vision, a long-term vision. And I think we give a lot of credit to these kind of right-wing lunatics who have had a long-term vision, right? They got to work right after 1973 with Roe v. Wade and they worked and worked and worked for 50 years and they overturned it. And it's like, and that's what the work does. And we see it. But I'm also really motivated because on the other side of the coin, you start asking around. And it's like, there are a lot of these grassroots organizations who've been doing this work for 50 and 60 years as mm-hmm. well. Smaller scale, but like training a new generation of people to organize, training young people to see this 360 degree vision, you know, making sure that like, you know, certain systems and institutions are in place, even as they're being eroded. So I definitely think that we get discouraged that we lose elections. Sure. Don't forget, we just had major wins in 2020, followed immediately by January 6th. But we did have some serious wins. We had unified government. So it's like, oh, okay. so folks did what they were supposed to do. We might have some losses. And that's that's real. But I think part of being Black in this country is not giving up on her. This is kind of what Baldwin, you know, that tension Mm -hmm. that Baldwin always explained Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. And as I finish up this book on Fannie Lou Hamer and Barbara Jordan and Stacey Abrams, And I had a working title and someone called and was like, I'm using that title for my book. So I was like, okay, I have to change my title. Um, But I ended up changing the title to like the working title right now. It's like Black Patriots. Because like when I think about these three women, it's like they, to me, encapsulate what real patriotism is. And it's like, it's not some hoity-toity belief. of like, oh, this country is so great and she can be beautiful. It's like, no, 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 no. She is a flawed, angry
2: violent
0: Mast, violent <laughs> vicious cruel deceptive lying cheating stealing you name it mm-hmm. but also there's some really wonderful hard working honest people in this country and the beauty of it is sometimes we team up and we get to know each other whether it's we're TV friends or podcast friends or organizer friends or we're neighbors Or it's something where we're finding each other and we're connecting and we're putting ourselves on the line. You and I both know this is not easy work. We get to see some of the worst of America in our DMs and, you know, on Twitter and people who attack us. But the level of appreciation, though, we also get from people who were like, hey, I didn't know that. Or it's like listening to you, Danielle, it's like I realize I should be angrier than I am Mm -hmm. and now I'm motivated. Or it's like listening to your podcast, Danielle. I like learned something, and now I'm connecting the my own dots in my own small community. Mm -hmm. I don't live in New York City, but I get it, you know. So it's like I, as an educator, and you know, I always bring in the the teaching piece because I love I love what I do. But I think the best part about being an educator is you have to be patient. And so I think that's where you know, whenever I come on the podcast, and you know, I'm a little bit of a hippie, but like still, it's like. There are going to be students where I meet them in September. By the time they leave me in December, I have seen market growth. Like, wow, they got it. Literally, roots, sprouts out the ground. And mm-hmm. then you realize, though, that a job as an educator or a podcast host or someone mm-hmm. who goes on television like mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. you're literally just throwing out seeds and you're watering them yep. every day. And you're just yep. throwing out seeds. That's what I do when I go in the classroom. So for some, in December, I see it. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a big sprout. There are others, Danielle, where I don't see it for years Mm -hmm. until I get a random email that was like, hey, finally got what you were saying. Finally see it. And it's like, I taught you five years ago. (laughs) I taught you 10 years ago. But hey, some seeds lay dormant. (laughs) Some seeds (laughs) lay dormant. dormant. That's the point. And like, you know, uh, sharecroppers know this some seeds you need to lay dormant. Mm-hmm. Because when the other ones have sprouted and, and gone on, you need something else to come up to regenerate. Mm-hmm. Come on. So it's like, I think that it's great that some people right now are waking up because they actually have a different kind of energy than you and I. Yes. And I are like, girl, I've been awake yes. for decades. Uh-huh. Plus. Come on. Others are like, oh my goodness, this is all brand new and I'm super jazzed and I can't wait to work on it. And it's like, and you know what? Now get to work. Because your level of energy is gonna be different than ours, because we've been in this struggle for quite some time with women who have been in this struggle for quite some time. And so our energy is a little different. And so I, I do think that like we can appreciate uh the the different pace that we're in as a nation for people who work towards making this country a better place and a more equitable place and a more just place. Um, I think it's okay that some folks are just like I'm I'm starting to get it or I do get it now or I want to get it so like keep working with me.
2: Dr. Christina Greer, this is why you are a professor. This is why you are an author. This is why your intellect is sought after all over the place. Because you just left me inspired, and that is a tough task.
0: So, Well, because I, I adore you. You know, like, there is a role for everyone, but I adore you because there is a righteous, righteous, legitimate indignation and fire that you have that I think is really important. Where it's like, someone sometimes has to be the jockey that Spanks the horse on the bottom. You know, like it can't all just be PT cruisers down the boardwalk, you know, (laughs) like we're in an episode of Three's Company. It's not that all the time. But I do think that like, this is why we all need to be in conversation with one another. Because I leave your show and I'm like, "Ooh, I need to do something. Whether it's donate to somebody, whether it's Mm -hmm. call some friends, like what do I need to do? My hands might be a little soft this election season. So it's time for me to get my hands dirty. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I need to do? Like, Who's in Georgia that I know? Who's in Wisconsin that I know? Who's in Philly that I know? So I can like all hands on deck. But I, and I think that that's important. But you know, as I always tell you, we can't be at war all the time. That's right. That's so right. There is something to be said about rest. And you know, I know how to rest. There's one Same. thing Chrissy Greer knows how to do is to take a break because we didn't create this problem and it's not going to be solved overnight. And we are of no use to people if the two of us are bedraggled and beaten down and exhausted. And we know what this country does love to do is kill Black women by exhaustion. Mm -hmm. I know that's right. I don't want to do that. I won't do that because it's not fair to people who look up to us to do that. Amen. Dr. Greer, as always,
2: thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF. We appreciate you. We are inspired by you. We are in awe of you. And we thank you.